spidey senses tingling. Listeners, if you want to know if I'm manning the official Twitter account, uh, don't worry because this host will effing tell you he's slim. This is your Paper Keg Podcast, episode 196. Welcome to this show. One of the biggest shows in history, if I can get down to brass tacks with you right now. In our pocket. Brass tacks, big old brass tacks. We talk about the books that we read during the week as friends, and then we'll do a book club that we all read and talk about at the end of the show. Hickmenshia, The Manhattan Project, Volume 1. And then we'll read your letters live to close out the show. Three hosts. So I'll introduce the other two. I'm going to change it up. Silver Fox, he's been called. VP of Merch. At one time, he was a Facebook phenom, and then he gave it up cold turkey. He was doing something on the roof, and he said, what am I even doing? And he threw it all away at the top of his game. Dale underscore A, welcome back. I uh, reflected a lot about that this weekend when I took down my Christmas lights. I remembered the uh, three to four months since I quit Facebook on on the day I was hanging my Christmas lights. And it was just like, what's old is new again, you know? I'm yeah. back on not being on Facebook, just like the old days. Probably better for it. My hair probably looks better for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I I had a peanut butter milkshake for dinner tonight. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> when was, the world wants to know. No. When was the last time you were, no, no tell me. I was going to say, no, tell me. Like in comment. <laughs> When was the last time you were on the elliptical? Dale underscore A. I don't know. Please, the world is waiting. Last uh, Monday night. Last Jesus Monday night. H. God in heaven. What is going on over there? I need... You know, we have to we have to hold you to this standard, Dale. This is it. This is social justice. Yeah, yeah this is social belligerence. This is social... Uh, I, if I could get a social somebody to help me manage my time better... And we got to move on and spend time you know, with my family. We're really up, mine wife. We're upset <laughs> after the kids go to bed. You know, I, 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 I do. <laughs> he uh, he's limping around because he's working so hard on that jawbone up ab of his. He's got one bad leg. I don't know what kind of muscular anything is happening inside that body of his. What's left? He's a father, writer, unpublished. Jonesy loves beer, commonly referred to as Jawbonesy these days. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. I feel like you could play Jonesy ailment bingo with all the S that I've had to endure the last 
medical year mm-hmm. of my life. I saw I saw but, the uh, Hatboro Patch article where Robert Downey Jr. presented you with a new kneecap, a new <laughs> bionic knee. It was beautiful how he just was there, you know? And then he told me, check the bow tie, because I was yeah. so stylish during our meeting. And then did you both uh, sing yeah. Yeah. Sting music together? <laughs> I did, he, just like the 60th birthday party, RDJ. <laughs> Let's do it together. As he attached it to your limb, you were both uh, singing an embrace? It was my rocking knee. I needed it. Mm-hmm. It had a jawbone speaker Good and heavens. the cat. Good heavens. It just plays that Sting song on repeat. Driven to tears. Now, by the time you're listening to this, it's Monday. We're two days removed from the fourth ever Paper Keg meetup. Mm, man. So we don't have, you know, a live show post meetup. This is this was recorded before. One of us could be incarcerated, dead, <clears throat> maimed. And this episode probably is going to be a lot weirder weirder now that that's happened mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's gonna be nobody knows just stay tuned to the official account this weekend or yeah, if you're getting faves oh, from yeah. the official account you know jonesy thinks he's in his account <laughs> because i actually did that today i looked at the faves from the paper cake account and they were all obviously jonesy faves <laughs> <laughs> like nine literally 90 percent of the faves were yeah that was a jonesy fave uh-huh. whoops yep. Listen, that Twitter app, that official Twitter app, just will shotgun you before into you that started paper cake account. Before you started making those kind of lazy faves, the, that Twitter account had maybe like three faves in its history. <laughs> right now, now Joe's just faving, the double faving from his account and paper cake account to make sure he <laughs> and he doesn't even he doesn't even go back to unfave the original <laughs> paper cake. Fave. I feel like that's cheap because you know maybe somebody is really happy that he got a paper cake fave and. Uh, I don't want to be the one to take it away now that the now that you've been given made. it. You, yeah, <laughs> the Lord giveth; He does not take it away. Now, I think Jonesy, can we get an update on the Baltimore uh, shocking turn of events from last sure, week? I have, I have three names, and uh, I, one of them did it in earnest, uh, not just to mock me <laughs> live on the show. Uh, so I have three people who are in the Baltimore pool. Wow, uh, ha- are at assorted noise on the Twitter. Oh, yeah. Listener of the show, uh, dear friend Bex Gordo, and uh, a troublesome IT guy named Ad Custom. Mm-hmm. Ad Custom. Mm-hmm. I re- I don't know him, but that's his Twitter handle. He's he's in the pool as well. Okay. It's close. I'm looking at the numbers right now. So, thirty three percent chance Bex Gordo of getting Baltimore at Baltimore. It's real close. Mm. I just looked at it's, numbers. It's Dale, between Dale, you and Saga I. and. You and I, well, Jonesy, we actually have never even said that before, so you just blew it wide open. We weren't even saying who was in the lead, but it's a close, it's real close. Jawbones of life, that answer out of you. (laughs) You're in rare chai tea form tonight, my friend. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wow, these numbers. Wow. (laughs) So what what Jonesy referenced was episode 200, we're doing a vote in. You can vote from a list of books that we presented to you, and then you can write in your own book for what book club we should do for episode 200. Right now, Baltimore is in a tie for first wow. place. I don't believe you. Should we, I'm not even sure, should we reveal what's in, what's the tie with, Dale, or should we just keep it, keep I, it loose? I think we can reveal it because, you know, voters, you still have a, a, another week or so to get out there and vote. 
Rock the Vote, P. Diddy's probably outside of your front door with a Rock the Vote sticker to give you if you cast a vote. Uh, yeah, Baltimore is currently tied with the first four volumes of Saga by Brian K. Vaughn wow. and Fiona Staples. Didn't see it coming. And third place was another shocker. Currently in third place, Batman and Robin by Grant Morrison, Volume 1. Get out of here. I'm not going to get out of here. Which are, are Paul Shirley and Kay <laughs> yeah, Alboom yeah. just running the numbers up? Which, by the way, Volume 1 is the entire first volume of Morrison's Batman and Robin, not just Volume 1, 1 through 6. It's the, it's oh. the Morrison quietly slash other artists. Ju- some kind of juicy hardcover, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, the... Yeah, I think it's like 20 issues or something in total. Oh, my word. Wow. I got the absolute behind me, so I'm all ready. In of course case, you do. In case it's time to just shotgun it. <laughs> Was this list compiled of hardcovers that you wanted to read and didn't get a chance to? Yes or no, Dale? Well, I mean, we we put the grease and the energy into making the list, so I feel it reflects... If if we don't do it for 200, I'm never going to read these hardcovers. You understand what I'm telling you? <laughs> I'm just going to keep buying them. Next week, the 201 contest. <laughs> right. Maybe maybe the next 10 episodes will just be the order in which the rest of the votes fall. Second place will be 201. Third place will oh, be 202. Man. Can you imagine reading 20 issues a week for about three you months? You do that all the time, Jensen. You read these Listen, book don't clubs. Don't worry about that would be That would I mean, be the second summer of PK. It's just the user's oh. plan. Oh my God! You know what? We can we will culminate the summer of PK in Dale's pool. We'll have the PK meetup, uh, mm. beach house edition at Dale's house. We need to move on. Right. We'll work yeah. out the details yeah, later. I'll see you guys here. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Jonesy loves beer. What did you read yes. this week, please? One book has really captured me: Hook, Line, and Sinker. In fact. It is the only book to which I own a digital subscription. Mm, wow. And that is, friends, The Black Hood. Mm. Issue two, out this week, uh, chronicles a maimed hero cop uh, addicted to painkillers because of the traumatic events of issue number one. Uh, the cliffhanger of the previous issue was he had donned the man- mantle, not the mantle, the mantle, of the Black Hood, which is like a Philadelphia area uh, area local vigilante. So he, we pick up with him in the middle of like a violent fight club-esque heated rough him up with these hooligans. And his inner monologue is basically, uh, the Black Hood must have been a drug addict because I can't feel anything and that's why I'm such a great fighter. <laughs> and the book takes like a early twist in which you know this cop does not become a sometimes superhero with a pain problem uh he quickly gives up the black hood moniker and just becomes a drug addict police officer whoa he raid he raids drug houses to get pills and heroin and he makes a bad name for himself with like the uh i think was the like the philadelphia russian mob and at the end of the issue uh, the local Philly cops, like his ex-partner, coming to raid him because he's been outed by the Russian mafia, and um, someone has pl- someone has planted heroin like on him while he was like in a drug-induced, like self-induced coma, 
this Russian guy sneaks in and like puts pills in his like armchair. And, uh, you know, they bust in and he's like, oh, they won't find anything. I keep my drugs like two roofs over and an abandoned chimney. And then he knows that when they find it, he's been uh, framed. So this book, like what I thought was just going to be like a Philadelphia street level superhero book, is now this like The Wire. What? That's crazy. Um, it's It's really good. I, you know, and I haven't had maybe a digital subscription since like the first uh wade somni daredevil run and i liked it so much i don't want to miss an issue so i clicked that link babe not gonna lie that's cool that's fantastic to hear i i got the second issue but i haven't read it yet and i i I love i just spoiled it no yeah i don't care it's fine um i love swazinski's just he'll just take a book wherever man he'll he will not pull the punches there zero formula yeah. to it and that's why i loved it so much it really does remind me of like the wire or like true detective level of storytelling Ginger. <laughs> true detective uh, throwback yeah. there td true detective tdt tdt i was thinking about rewatching that too man it's a it's an investment you know i think Manda, Manda suggested that we watch it, but most nights, you know, I'm just ready to sit back and watch Zach Bagan's Ghost Adventures right. for three hours. Pickle nift. Pickle nift when we can. I, I've been trying to catch up on uh, The Walking Dead. Season she gave up on that show. She she tagged out. Did she? I'm tagging back what? in. It's I'm, I'm just catching up on season four. I don't even know what season we're on, but... Mm. This last episode of this previous Sunday had one of the craziest cliffhangers... Uh, in recent memory. Mm. And then I think I might hit True Detective. We'll see. I mean, we don't have the we'll tape see, to we'll talk about it, but... No. We're running out of tape. Right. We, we're trying to do a lot tonight. Absolutely we'll right. see what we can get in. Yeah, we got to make sure we plan all the, all everything out. Plan the moves ahead of us tonight. Uh, I'm going to throw a curveball tonight. Right now. No, let's tell me what you've read in the past. <laughs> What Wolverine issue are you going to talk about tonight? Blink 182. I'm sorry, what? You ever heard of this band? Yes, I'm please sorry. don't talk Hello? about Hello? You ever Hello? heard of this band? Hello? Can you guys oh, see me? Tom DeLong. You know, I stumbled across Tom DeLong a few weeks back. Is that um, DJ AM? <laughs> DJ, I don't know. DJ AM? Didn't he, <laughs> isn't he dead? I don't know. I think he's uh, Tom DeLonge is in Blink Blink One Eighty Two. I think he's the older looking cat, but I stumbled upon a Vice article where he allegedly was a crazy man, and he talks about how he believes in aliens and Area Fifty One. He's been to Area Fifty One. He's talked to scientists on the run from the government because they know these things about extraterrestrials and outer space. Amazing Vice article. Maybe I'll link to it in the show notes. So I find out that he's got a book out. Called Poet. A comic book? Poet Anderson. Oh, man. What is happening? And I'm so intrigued. Anything Tom DeLong wants to talk about with space, the future, I'm in. I'll pay the $5 cover charge to see him speak at the local Chuckle Hut if needed. So, Poet Anderson is about these kids who fall asleep and they enter a dream world which exists simultaneously to our own daily life. And it's the encapsulation of all dreams in the history of dreaming. 
and it's like um, I'm trying to compare it to something, but they they talk about lucid dreaming. Vanilla Sky, the greatest movie of all time. Anyone ever heard of that? Lucid dreams. Spoilers. And the the kids go through this. They they see this kind of wild world of the dreamscape. And uh, it felt, the art is actually really good, but it felt like it was destined to be like a kid's movie, like a Netflix original kid's animated movie where these two boys go into this dream world. And it almost felt like a like a spirited away animated type movie. Like this could be some kind of obscure, like American release, but like really popular in Japan. It was, it was okay. I wanted to try it. I was super interested that Tom DeLonge's name was attached to it. The guy fascinates me is what it comes down Probably to. Probably got this script uh, from Aliens from Jupiter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably like a local, local legend up there. I don't, <laughs> well, I don't even get that reference. Aliens from Jupiter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jupiterians. Oh. <laughs> I thought that was like a band that Tom DeLonge was in, Aliens from Jupiter or something. It could be. I mean, I, I'm talking straight out of my A right now. It's a side no project of DeLonge's. I, he, you need to read the article. It's fascinating. He seems like a, an intelligent kook. And who wouldn't want that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. You don't give a crap. And I, and probably. I just, <laughs> I just picture. You didn't want me to read that book at all. I just you picture, about you know, it. a couple bottles in at a PK meetup and he's just barking at you about Area 51 and, you're, and you can't concentrate. The music's loud and you're just trying to half pay attention to what he's saying to you about Area 51 and you're barely comprehended, and then you just flip, freak out. That's going to be me, the meetup, talking about Area 51. It's kind of like... You know, I'm going to have two and a half Long Islands, and I'm going to be finished talking about Area 51 and EVPs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. What did Dale, you read? are you all right, Dale? <laughs> I feel like you could be putting out cigarettes on children's hands if you're so upset <laughs> oh, right my now. Word. I'll tell you what it could be from, Okay. Oh, geez, this book will surprise, probably not Jonesy. Jonesy won't be surprised when I reveal the book that I've read, but... Anthropomorphic. <laughs> no, it's very opposite of that. This is very real life. I, uh, a couple years back at the comic book shop, Wilmington, Delaware, happy fifth anniversary this weekend, I picked up... Congrats, guys. picked up a couple volumes of Marvel's The Nom... Oh, yeah. Oh. You have been on a kick, Oh, my friend. gosh. You've been trying to have that as a book club for ages. Yeah. And it's it's just the seems to be the right time. It all started with uh, the book jug book, spoilers. Uh, the things they carried is about the Vietnam War. And ever since then, I have been just consuming Vietnam War information. So I was like, you know what? Now's the time for me to read this now because it's not going to get read for book club. I'm just going to go ahead and read it. And I, I didn't feel comfortable. I didn't feel uh, smart enough to, to have read it before these past couple weeks. But now that I've, I'm a little more educated on the war, this was a, a book back in 1986 in Marvel for Marvel. And it is legitimately about Private First Class Ed Marks, who uh, the first page, he's leaving. He's out of boot camp. He's being deployed to Vietnam. And... It's basically like an education of what life was like in Vietnam during the war. It's 1966, and he is 
on a bush patrol. He is he and his platoon are out looking for ambushes, and he coming from the the uh, private first class like it's his first time there. It's his first tour. It's his first you know mission. He's he has a lot of questions, which is good for the reader because you're kind of going along with him. He's like asking about the simple stuff, like how do you clear an LZ in the bush if there's somebody injured and he's like and so like somebody else in the platoon is like here let me show you how we do that kind of thing so you got to be careful and you know it's like detonation rope and they wrap it around trees yada 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 but and then he's like has a question about you know his canteen is empty but it's all it all fit it's not like a manual it's a story but a couple panels would be like "I, i just ran out of water in my canteen how do i how would i do that and it's almost like doug murray is the writer and he went out of his way to, you know, for his, um, for his brother in arms to show him, like, you find, basically, you find a puddle, you clear out all the crap that could get into your canteen, you fill it with junk water, and you, like, put iodine pills in it, and you shake it up, and that's, it's, and that's the water you're, you're drinking. So it's very, it's very real, like, and it's not gory or anything, there is violence in it, but it's not it doesn't make light of it with body parts and stuff like that, but if there's explosions, they show it. And I'm really, I don't know, it's really, really good. The art is fantastic. Michael Golden, I think, is the artist. Oh, wow. I didn't realize Mm. he drew that. And, I don't know, it's just, it was, it's around the time, you know, Platoon of Full Metal Jacket was coming out and stuff, so there's a, there's a whole intro to the book. This, the volume that I have, I have two volumes and each one has four issues in it. It's not on Comixology, unfortunately. I'd love for that to, to uh, if I could email Marvel or something. But I don't know. It's, it's really, really cool. It's real life stuff. And it wasn't like super depressing. It's, it's not all political. It's just this, this private's view of him in the bush with his brothers in arms, you know, trying to survive. And it was, it was really cool really happy i started reading it and i would recommend anybody seek it out i wish i wish that we did do that for a book club yeah maybe let's do it now let's get rid of the manhattan project on the docks do the the name yeah let's do it i mean i'll I'll guide you guys we'll be back in about three days (laughs) yeah yeah the rest of this episode there's always room for it maybe a couple episodes down the road but um michael golden rung a bell for you Matt, why is Slim? Why was that? Michael Golden drew the cover to one of the first comic books I ever bought, which was a Marvel Christmas special, where Santa has the bag over his shoulder and all the superheroes are coming out of it. And he also drew the story in there of a Wolverine action figure coming to life for this little kid. Oh, it starts cool. out with Wolverine fighting all these monsters, and then it as the story progresses, you realize it's actually just this kid's imagination with the Wolverine action figure. <laughs> and it was like, so blue. basically toy story stole the entire idea from <laughs> it, Marvel. It, it, it like shaped my young comic book reading life. And I always remembered that it was Michael golden that drew it. Wow. That's really cool that you could recall that. Yeah, I have to wow. see, I have to see what, what book that, what year that came out. It was probably like 1990. That was seven or eight. And uh, Doug Doug Murray, the writer, he went to Vietnam, so he he has a lot of the uh, point of views and stuff. So it's really like, and he has a cool intro in the front of the volume, and then he also writes like uh, almost like a um, 
a glossary of terms that you're going to read out of the out of the uh, soldiers' mouths. It's like in the beginning. There's a lot of abbreviations and stuff. It tells you what it is. It's really thought out, really well done. You say that it is in hardcover. No, this is these are two uh, soft cover volumes I bought. I don't I don't think it's in hardcover. I tried looking. Hmm. Oh yeah, I just googled Michael Golden Holiday, 1992. Mm. Close enough. Two sentences or less. Another book that you've read. Jonesy loves beer. Uh, Boom Studios hit 1957. Uh, words by Bryce Carlson. Pictures by Vanessa Del Rey. If you like the Brubes Phillips style of storytelling and art hit 1957 will also be liked by you. As I was scrambling on my couch an hour ago looking for books to read, I saw that and I knew that you would read it. So I didn't download that book. (laughs) You didn't know that. I did. I had a feeling. Uncanny X-Men number 32. Brian Michael Bendis begins to end his run on X-Men. And Cyclops reveals something shocking. Lightning war criminal. (laughs) Uh, Lady Killer, number three. Dark Horse Comics. Mm, Starring Jonesy Lowesbeer. Lady Killer will be one of my favorite miniseries of 2015. Wow. Um, Bridget Fonda's Point of No Return, set in the 1950s. But her employers want her taken out. Is that going to fly with the Lady Killer? Do you think Coco sells uh, beef jerky? Did they sell beef jerky last time we were there? I can only imagine if they did, this would be the greatest place on earth. You know what I mean? <laughs> Gosh. But, I, you know, they're a full-fledged restaurant, but they probably don't have, oh, like, boy. it's probably not a gunning club where all they sell is beef jerky and have drinks from two-liter bottles of soda. I don't... Oh, my word. Do you need beef Price. jerky for Saturday? Is that... I'm saying... I need beef jerky for Saturday. I need it in my body. You're just you're looking to make a day of this. Body is ready. (laughs) If if you you read any mixologist magazine when they reference Long Island iced teas, it's always coupled with beef jerky. That's just a Mm -hmm. fact. Yeah, a lot of the uh, flair bartenders out in Las Vegas. I mean, they'll, (laughs) they'll they'll make a theme drinks out of it. I mean, as the world's last barman poet. I've heard you uh, do many uh, beef jerky poems on a bar stool. The Manhattan Projects, Volume 1. Jonathan Hickman. Is that Nick Patera on uh, pencils, I believe? Maybe even Jordi Belair on colors? Hickmania is running wild right now on Jonesy Loves Beer. What is The Manhattan Projects? The Manhattan Projects, with an S. Uh, People might know that the Manhattan Project was a 
endeavor of the U.S. government to perfect the first atom bomb uh, that was eventually dropped on Japan during World War II. Uh, what Hickman does here is does a little historical fiction and uh, renames it the Manhattan Projects, and in which uh, the top government think tanks led by uh, Oppenheimer, um, you know, the atomic bomb is just the tip of the iceberg. They are into some weird planetary-esque uh, S. And this group, uh, which, is all, which are all, and I think, real-life uh, World War II-era scientists, all work for the U.S. government, and they are all on next-level projects. Now, Hickman-level super science, supernatural science, super net science, whatever you want to call it, super sense. Uh, and it's Einstein, Oppenheimer, uh, and the rest. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the names off the top of my head. But they are all invested in using government funds to not only progress their own work, but in kind of a weird way, in a dirty way, protect and progress the human race. And this first volume has it all. It really does. It has all of the Hickman pseudoscience, all of the Warren Ellis-esque terms that you have no, that are totally out of context. You have no idea what they mean, but you really want to know why they're there and what are they sourcing, and you find out through the volume. And while there isn't one overarching story in this first volume, a lot of world building, world building, excuse me, occurs that will come to fruition many issues down. Uh, one example is, uh, you know, our the Earth, World War II era Earth, their relationship with um, intergalactic species that exist that have made contact with the Earth since Roswell. Um, also, what really began the Cold War. And Project Paperclip becomes uh, comes into play, which you may or may not know is the loaning of defective or defecting, not defective, defecting scientists to the U.S. government after the victory of World War II. So there's a lot of web being weaved here with some truly grotesque, insane, crazy, familiar characters from history coupled with... Hickman's ability to what kind of weird analogy would fit the Manhattan projects make rice pudding like put rice in the pudding but at the end you get a mixture that's a bad analogy it's thick I'm going it's to it may be I'm it may be not want to eat rice pudding and I like rice pudding <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bow out of this uh, synopsis I think everyone in the book is like a psychopath Every character yeah. needs to I be mean, put in a straitjacket and locked away forever. The The first issue is Oppenheimer is not really Oppenheimer. It's his uh, psychopath cannibalistic brother who has eaten him and now has his personality inside him. Mm-hmm. And which is even weirder because he's kind of presented as the main character, or at least you think, in the first issue. And then he's revealed to actually be the psychotic murderer cannibal. And then he, the, the cannibal brother th- 
eats his victims because he thinks that he gains their knowledge and memories. And then actually it's, it's almost like proven true in the story that when he does eat people, he absorbs them because I think my favorite part of the book was when the, the, these, the, these leaders meet every 10 years with this alien race. Oh yeah. And Oppenheimer is there and the other bunch of other, uh, dudes are there and then when the door opens it's actually a different alien race that comes out and it's an alien race that actually took over the previous race that visited us every 10 years and then oppenheimer kind of sees through them and thinks they're going to be a problem so he just like starts shooting them and then it's revealed that he's like now chowing down on this other alien and he does absorb the knowledge of the other alien races yeah, of. I think the next page they're all in like the the situation room, and uh, the colonel, like the he- the other like de-, de-, de facto head of the Manhattan Projects, is like, uh, yeah, we happen to know that they're looking for something called a pulling way. Uh, please don't ask me how we were able to obtain this information. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like as a matter of fact, you would probably rather not know. I think it's a, it's like Ma- Ma- Major Leslie Groves or something is his name. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and then I, so so Einstein is in the book too, and then the he's kind of just in hiding, watching this pulling way, this gateway, this Stargate, and then Stargate. he asks this other character like, "Hey, did you ever lo- forget an idea? I need your help to uncover how to open this thing because I forget." So this guy figures that out, and then through the course of that, it's revealed that this isn't actually our Einstein in this room. It's the Einstein on the other side of this gateway that knocked out ours and took his place because he wasn't smart enough to figure out how to turn the gateway on from his side. So you're like, even man, there's just even more psychos. Nobody is who they yeah. are represented as in this book. I think I don't know, I've, I've fallen off of Manhattan Projects, but I think like issue 20 that comes to fruition and R. Einstein like makes his way back hmm. to the, I think I, I'm astounded if while. Manhattan project still feels like something that you could easily jump on because it just started, but it's like three years old now already. It just, I'm surprised that it's that old and it's probably what in the thirties, like issue thirties or something by now. And they just had a spinoff uh, come out last really? week, I think. Wow, that's staggering. Yeah, the, su- the something about the sun or the sun behind the stars or something like that. The, I mean, the alternate history stuff, like I'm a huge sucker for how good it is. And you get a lot of that in, you know, even in Hellboy and Baltimore, there's some alternate history stuff, but it's like older history. Whereas this alternate history is like 60, 70 years ago during the war. And it's just the, the freaking creativity of Jonathan Hickman to pull all this into a completely cohesive story. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't get get out of hand like you might predict. Now, I don't know if it does eventually, but this first volume, it's very understandable. I think if you've got the aptitude or you've got the mind to embrace it, it's not like... Avengers Volume One by Jonathan Hickman. It it like keeps you in a place where you can understand the point of reference, and it's just so effing creative. Like the Warner von Braun, like doesn't have an arm, so he has a robotic arm, 
and he was supposed to have committed suicide with the rest of the SS scientists, but he doesn't. And he, uh, he makes a deal and bargains with them to come over to work in the Manhattan Project. So he's now one of the scientists, you know, on the board or, you know, the board of elects or whatever you want to call that group of scientists. And the, mm-hmm. the scientist who's basically like has a half-life of a 240,000 years because he's, he touched pure uranium with his bare hands. So he's contained in this suit. Uh, eh, oh, man. It's just creative. And then I, I, I said, oh, man, because I wanted to spill into the fact that they were going to take out this hive mind of this alien race by just unsealing that guy's helmet and irradiating this race of aliens, which completely works to a degree, but he didn't know about yeah. it. And and when the the one scientist with the uh, the mustache... He uh, the alien like cracks his helmet, and and the other one's like, "No, you're fine." And he's like, "No, I'm dead." And you don't realize what that means at first, but it's just like that. You turn the page or you flip to the two, next two pages, and it's like, "Oh, yeah, he is dead because he's about to unleash concentrated radiation on this whole room." And if you're not protected in a suit, yeah, you you're pretty much are dead. You're VX gas locked in a room, uh, like the Rock. And General Franklin Hummel is is dropping <laughs> VX rockets and killing soldiers with it. I, uh, I I totally forgot about that, but that is, I guess the the ending salvo of the book is there. They kill this alien representative in issue two, I believe, and at the end of issue five, they're kind of ma- you know brought to make culpable for their crimes. And basically, instead of standing trial, they use that radioactive scientist to basically kill them all. They're you know, and there you go. And they have uh, they have even though we're so backwater, the Earth is considered such a backwater planet. Not many people have, or not many people, and not many races in the galaxy have access to teleportation, which is what a pulling way mm-hmm. is. Uh, basically a pocket wormhole so you can travel wherever you want, whenever you want. And because of that, no, everyone is kind of afraid to F with Earth because they have this technology which is forbidden and, and desired. So there, there's another alien from like a larger collective who's basically like, you know, uh, because you did that, you're going to be a target now. Like that was your first yeah. foray into intergalactic politics was to slaughter an entire race because you killed one of their scouts. Yeah, I think so, his I quote mean, was like, uh, "Next time, be more careful when you reach for the stars." And then he disappeared. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, crap. Oh, man. But I just, I, I mean, I love it's. It's just so wild how completely and balls out aggressive <laughs> that. W- like the home team was they that they're just not effing around they're not they're almost they're not out to make friends they're just out to fire the first shot and make it the biggest explosion and be the ones left standing without much of a fight and you know that's all behind like Leslie Groves is probably the 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 aggressor behind that but the scientists are more perfectly willing to go along with it too but i like how every step of the way of the book we're just the complete aggressor no matter what yeah, I mean, they go left when you think they're going to yeah. go right. 
every opportunity they get. And uh, there's the the issue where President Roosevelt dies. He dies, you know, in a heart attack in his wheelchair. But what you don't see is immediately when he's dead the next day, while they still have him on ice, they basically take his intelligence out of his dead body and into a computer bank, a data center. So he is like a, a, the first artificial intel- intelligence, and it's Franklin Roosevelt is the is the guy powering this intelligence, and he is now a member of the team. Like the, if you could picture, uh, what's his name from the Winter Soldier? Um, Arnim Zola. Zemo? Oh, Zola. And then Truman, Zemo. and then <laughs> Truman is like, they go to try to find Truman to tell him the president's dead because he has to take over now, and he's doing some wild, oh, yeah. like... <laughs> Masonic. <laughs> yes. Is that what happens at your Mason meetings, Genzi? Obviously, John, Jonathan Hickman is next level. He, I, that was actually a snapshot rendering of one of the meetings I was at. Maybe yeah. that's maybe that's where Jenny's going or his two weeks off. Yeah, you know, they're not letting him leave. I'm traveling back in time to see Truman. He's not allowed <laughs> to go out and maybe it's a Masonic, you know, getaway, fortnight. Masonic pooling way. <laughs> but the I mean someone's gonna goon hand me. <laughs> the the art is just so compliments this wackiness of a book. It's I, I love it. I, I've only read the first two issues before, so going back and reading it all was just blew me away and makes me want to keep reading it, which, you know, is wishful thinking, unless we do volume two for Paper Keg at any time. But, the, I mean, the uh, Jordi Belair on colors, obviously, win-win there. But the, you know, the art style is very, I mean, it's like Rugrats. <laughs> it looks like the Rugrats cartoon, <laughs> but... Yeah, but it's amazing. Did your trade? I f- like reading this. I felt like we had done this volume before in the Paper Keg's history. That I actually checked and googled Paper Keg Manhattan Projects twice because I thought the first time it failed. Because I remember having that conversation that the his little artwork in between issues was way too distracting for me on a mm-hmm. long sit. Mm-hmm. So ma- I was thinking that the trade might have been different. Did your uh, hardcover or whatever you have, Dale. Did it ha- still have his little artwork interludes, his little in- designer pages? Yeah, and it, every issue starts with like a two or three page, kind of the beginning to an issue, and then it has this almost two 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 page spread of this des- design work, like in Quark Express design. It didn't take away though, because it just helped me. It just helped break up the chapters more. And once I got the vibe after the first issue of the um the pattern of there's two pages and then there's like a title intro page with the name of the issue and then I got to it as well it wasn't it wasn't distracting for me i actually felt like i would have liked it to be more um like brubes what was this first uh creator own book in a while that he did with the oh, velvet chick. no the one like the before that with the chick that was like ageless fatal Fatal. Fatal's collection took out the covers in between and just made it like a graphic novel. Yeah. I might have I think I might have liked this being done that way where I don't have to tap like five times in between single issues and make it just like a collected graphic novel where it just keeps going. I think I would have liked that. Yeah, that fatal the fatal setup was real nice. It was very mm-hmm. flowing. Mm-hmm. And I would be remiss if I didn't make uh the 
feminist statement of the week that my wife pointed uh, out that uh, the only female character in the book was the one that the younger scientist uh, had a one night stand with and her face was never shown. Just pointing it out. That didn't, that didn't pass the Becky Dell test. <laughs> the Becky Dell test? <laughs> Is that what it's called? Becky Dell? The Bechdel test. Well, that's a Bechdel. different. That's a different test. Oh my God, was that not feminist? Because I referred Jesus, to a woman's Jonesy, name. Well, you're a target. I mean, you're or, digging your own hole. I'm just going to let it happen. Jonesy, we're going to be a target now of some kind. <laughs> the Bechdel test is going to try to come to our defense. You know. Oh God. You, the, just the. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I had we'll to. get that in post, please. <laughs> <laughs> The video will live oh. on forever, Josie. <laughs> but I, with that said, I did enjoy the book, uh, I, and I guess we should we should point out when I made when we made the statement last week about Spider-Man Blue, Beck Squirtle retorted that there was a few other books that inside. would fail our Beck or not our the Bechtel test, namely Fear Agent, Planetary, mm. and some other ones. But we haven't put those under the under the scrutiny that Spider-Man Blue was under, but worth mentioning i would be curious i mean i'm sure there were maybe there were women in the manhattan project but if he's trying maybe to even a rando scientist in the background somewhere you know yeah with a clipboard walking around with a beaker throw her in there yeah with a man smacking her on the butt right right <laughs> Treating her like I mean, crap. you're you're if you're changing history to the point where Roosevelt's brain yeah. is being no, in, yeah, in, yeah, is put into an AI, you might as well throw a lady in there. Right. You know? Just, just, Jonesy's too angry to even speak right now. He doesn't I, want to I, just, a I, hole. I, I understand that I'm walking through a minefield and I have clown feet and I'm just going to You're in the knob. Silently Maybe volume two has like thirty women. I don't remember. It's probably the case. I'm just you know. Play I just out. don't know why I had to bring this kind of stuff up. You just like to start a pot. <laughs> Gen Z, I won't apologize him for wanting equal rights. It's oh. not something I'm going to apologize for on and this podcast. N- nor ever. should you. Nor should you. I fully support your decision to support women and feminism. God, please don't target me. <laughs> oh, man. Gen Z supports feminism so long as he does not become a target. <laughs> Manhattan Projects. I, I might actually continue with this book because I, I think I did ages back. I think I read volume two, but it's just totally lost on mm-hmm. me. It was so long ago. I tell you what, I'm going to finish reading the nom first and then. Uh... Oh, boy. Don't you believe it? We got your letters. letters. I'm going to open them up. Farrington's going to read them. To you. I mean, letters at papercake.com. What? Get it out. Speaking it of, out. you know, voicing opinions and things like, like just observe, oh, making observations. <laughs> I love Jonesy's butt cheeks. So here we go. Super tight. I'm just saying, maybe nickel. we, I don't know, maybe we just get so drunk that we re- we record new sounders on Saturday night at the bar. Uh, Pearl what? Jam in the background and all. I don't, you know. One, two, three, I four. How many, I Pearl just, Jam, The National. I'm curious how many people wonder who the F is Farrington. Like, is that code name for Jonesy and I when we read letters? Do we turn into Farrington? <laughs> Did we eat Farrington to... Daylight? To absorb his essence? In, I'm interested in having you sing. Oh, a new you know I somewhere. would. 
Can we? Can uh, we have? I, ha- I might have video evidence of you singing Starship in your in your oh, car. Yeah. Oh God. You guys meerkatting? And I was, I was impressed by what I heard. Can we oh, do a new sounder like to the tune of Dale's favorite songs, but with the lyrics changed for the show? Oh man, that might like be something Africa. special. Jonesy, you be Bernie Topin, I'll be Elton John, and we're gonna just <laughs> we're gonna write this out. We're gonna we're gonna read your letters. God bless the rains. Something like that. A Toto, just all Toto sounders. Toto, you got super digitized right now. Just now, was that? Did I digitize myself? You couldn't handle it. You weren't ready for this jelly. You got to read the first letter. Uh, playing catch up, writes uh, Tim Croshaw. Uh, visit his webpage, timcroshaw.com. Uh, he says, Hey, keggers, I had a huge backlog of shows and have finally caught up. Oh my God, didn't he write us like four days ago <laughs> saying he was starting? <laughs> I just wanted to send a quick message to one Jonesy Loves Healthcare. I'm glad you made it. Please take care of yourself and find a new doctor. I don't want you to become the show's second most popular dead host <laughs> behind Mark. I can't even rank above a corpse. R.A.P. Mark. Thanks for all the shows and keep it up. P.S. I just got the sculptor and plan on finishing it once my three kids move out and go to college in 17 years. <laughs> 2032 is going to be a great year. The few pages I've read while hiding in the bathroom are quite good. Tim Croshaw, fellow father. He knows the struggle, and it is real. I wonder if that the uh, the sculptor's that Sergio Topi book. I'm, I can't uh, I can't Google it live now on the show, but I'm gonna I'm gonna that's on my Amazon wish list. So that's just an observation. Next up, thanks, Jonesy, is what the subject of, of the email is by so that soon? email How comes we, from not jonesy <laughs> at gmail dot com, <laughs> <laughs> right? Or the paper keg uh, Twitter account. <laughs> this is from uh, wonderful guest co-host Slim's wife at Naminity on the Twitter. I'd like to sarcastically thank Jonesy for promoting Baltimore. I voted for Baltimore day one, and now it's doomed. Also, thought I'd share the conversation regarding my next pa- paper keg appearance. Uh, Naminity. So who's filling in for Jonesy? Think Scotty will come back on? Slim. Oh, I guess I guess we'll just have you come back on. <laughs> so very ceremoniously inviting your wife back on the show, Slim. Thank you. She she re- she said that out loud. I guess we'll have you just come back on. Like I was some kind of awful creep loser husband, but I don't remember it happening that way. To be honest with you, yeah. I'm gonna you. I'm, I think you should be honest with yourself. You're probably looking at your phone while you were talking to her. That sound that actually does sound like an inflection that I would have while looking at my phone. Thank you. See, so, yeah, I knew. Uh, she uh, she will be back on in a few short weeks because Jonesy will be AFK at a Masonic gathering yeah. in Chicago, Illinois, sacrificing sheep and whatever else they do on those things. And we're excited Before to have her back for two weeks in a row, I believe. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why is fornicate the word that is on the tip of your tongue? Because <laughs> I know it gets a reaction. Our next letter uh, from new friend of the show, Paul Puck. He writes, hi, gents. Still working my way through the show catalog to catch up before episode 200. I listened to God Loves Man Kills yesterday. Mm. Wow. 
at work, and it reminded me of the peak of my previous comic collecting. I'm a bit older than the three of you, so my collecting began in the late 70s through the mid-80s before picking up again after college in the early 90s. I was strictly a Marvel guy, and the X-Men were my passion. The X-Men stories always seem to be great at teaching lessons about things like racism while still entertaining. The legacy virus storyline, AIDS-type virus, had tears streaming down my face as Ilyana dies in Uncanny X-Men 303. Legacy virus book club, anyone? In the late 90s, I quit collecting and have just resumed in the past couple of years in part to podcasts like yours. I've been intimidated to jump back into the X-Men world as there are so many titles and I just don't know where to start. Are the current storylines still heavy into reflecting real-world issues? Thanks for sacrificing so much to put out the podcast each week. Paul Puck. P.S. Given my 10 plus years of age over the three of you and my doctor, who I believe also treats these guys, he must be like 90 uh, years old, right? Uh, most likely die before the three of you. Uh, is it possible Slim can visit me on my deathbed to troll me? Can Jonesy give me a nice summary of my life for, for uh, the obituary in the newspaper? And lastly, can Dale eulogize me? Uh, I hope the only pain I suffer to my ego is uh, from Slim's abuse. Uh, PPS, jo- Jonesy, don't let the trolls get you down. You're the best, and I'll play PS4 with you. I hope you read this before the other guys do, or I'm sure this will be redacted. Now you tell him, Paul Puck. He went out and bought an Xbox One because uh, of your silence on the issue for so long. <laughs> Paul Puckle Nift. Hashtag Paul Puckle <laughs> Paul, sell that PS4 stat yeah. so we can play Titanfall together. Yeah, Xbox One. Paul is where it's at. And, oh my God, we'll be on a team together. Us four, Death Wizard 01 on Xbox, <laughs> our savior. <laughs> Yeah, we gotta we gotta speed along. We got another thing to do after this, mm-hmm. and then maybe I gotta edit it, and then we'll get some pickle nifts in tonight. Um, uh, Paul Puck, real quick. The, I mean, I really really like the Bendis X two X Men titles. I think they're very readable, and Bendis you can't beat. Um, as far as like the real world stuff, I think they probably spend more time arguing with each other about how the X-Men should be perceived. Uh, you know, I, and that's obviously that's the theme of the two books is uh, Uncanny X-Men is Cyclops's view on how the X-Men should be seen by the world and all new X-Men is, is uh, the other way, but they more or less have less run-ins with the real world and more or less run-ins with each other arguing sure. on how they should be carrying themselves. But it, there's some, still some real world stuff in there, like um, Mystique with the MGH, the mutant growth stuff, and Shield. Like Shield, the Shield stuff where they they basically comes out of the woodwork. That Shield has measures to protect themselves and the world against the X Men, stuff like that. It's really really well written. I don't know how much. Um, you know how it relates to the X Men of old, where it was a lot of real world stuff. Yeah, I can't think of any offhand. I think that was probably the most realistic story they could probably ever do, or will ever mm-hmm. do, unless you consider time travel with young X Men realistic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or eight issues of them reading Charles Xavier's Will, or Cyclops killing Professor X, and the world kind of being cool okay. with it. I mean, that's far out. You just got to read. Just got to read. Phoenix Did you read Force. this week's issue? No. Hmm. 
cover by, the cover by Bacalao was amazing. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, I bet I bet Paul like love uh, Life Death, greatest mm. uh, single issue of X ever. We're gonna talk about realism. Love. I think I got that as a hardcover when they released it. Uh, remember, I think I got yeah, it more tomorrow last year. Yeah, Captain Lord Henry Baltimore Comics Steel. <laughs> you could, dear listener, change the fate of episode 200 and get yourself a run of Baltimore Comics collected by me. Signed by you. <laughs> yeah. I, Devaluing any no creators some, of the Somehow book. making it, somehow you'd have to pay somebody to take it after I put my signature on it. That's it, guys. Any of the letters? That's it. Okay. That's it. Dragonfro? We'll get one, we'll get one from Dragonfro after the uh, song. yeah right in the fireside. But he's allowed. He is. What he a once. Wish he was coming to the meetup. Um, he is. I think next week is another Dark Horse book. Is it not? Uh, it is. Usagi Yojimbo, Volume oh, Three. Man. Oh. <laughs> oh gosh! Wow! What a show! I was just watching Kill Bill two last night and just made me think of Usagi mm. randomly. Mm. 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 Hopefully, the meetup was a success. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, Tail is out of jail. Health, and then you voted for the two hundredth episode. We'll see everybody next week. book i read this week real quick and i think dale touched on it but i just released comics obviously revenger number two mm. we are witnessing something special here yeah golden age of oil i comics. have i have not had my socks knocked off by a comic in quite some time mainly because you wear two pairs i mean both pairs were off my wow feet for revenger number two could kill a man it's just so effing good I'm a big fan. I'm a huge fan. On, I spoilers. I didn't read it yet, but that's just me. That's how I roll. <sighs> I don't spoil it for you. I thought you talked about it. Like t- I would have talked about it this week. I think I you retweeted talked about it, it like two weeks talk ago. Talk about it, man. Please. He promoted you buying it, which you did. I do buy it through the website. Dale <clears throat> Gumroad. Yeah, I bought. I buy it on uh, Gumroad. I have so far. Do you just get the single issue, or what's the deal there? Yeah, you get a single issue in uh, CBZ format. I think you get it in PDF as well, but you can either download it, or Gumroad is really cool, but you could just, uh, as soon as you buy it, you could just click a link, and it'll save it right to your Dropbox for you. Really? Which is kind of cool, yeah. That is cool. Gumroad. I mean, they... G-U-M-R-O-A-D.com? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's the the best they thing they could do as far as 
it, it they make it as convenient as you they possibly can because you could save it right to your Dropbox for later. You don't have to download any files or manage them. I mean, if you're going to have a, a you know that DRM free model, that's probably as clean as you're going to get. So that's really right. cool. Props to Gumroad. I saw on his uh, Instagram that he was getting it in print. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And uh, oh yeah, and on uh, Gumroad, if you do follow the link, you can you do have the ability to uh, buy it in digital and pre-order the print at the same time. Right. So print revenger i mean come on keep talking i'd love to get my hands on that thing paper keg sponsored by gumroad (laughs) (laughs) should be sponsored by charles forceman and oily yeah it really should be oily comics friend of the show charles forceman chucky forceman it's my boy blue what else did you read jonesy anything else uh let's see anything that jumps to my mind daredevil is really good but i didn't talk about it yeah, you can tell it's winding down. How many issues are left? Uh, four. Oh, boy. Yeah, but let's say. be real. Every issue, Chrononauts. every Marvel comic is ending soon. Yeah, yeah. You know? Chrononauts was good. The Kitchen was good. Darth Vader was good. I have to still have to read Chrononauts. Was that bang? Uh, powers powers I actually okay. stopped reading after like the third page. Oh, yeah? I just couldn't third get into it. page? Is this yeah. the new issue? The first issue? Yeah. Power? No, Powers issue two. Mm-hmm. Did you watch that first episode me. yet or what? I, I, you know, I don't like to talk bad about Bendy and OMing. I did give it a college try, and it's just not for me. Hmm. I respect your position. Thank you. <laughs> to probably, you, you watch? probably too many no. women of authority in that show. <laughs> yeah, too many. Yeah, that was exactly it. <laughs> I just wanted there's to. There's a women. Arise. There's a leading role for a woman, and right. that's just not. Do you remember the one time Dale? took issue with people of small stature let's think about that it's the dark ages said he wanted to get his dirt all over them or something it was the dark ages of podcasting i think dale has secretly gone into those episodes in the hosting service and excised those yeah. portions of the show I'm, I'm i read richard's every you know the century out of everybody's head you know my my version of that was every awful episode i was on where i was just a terrible person the first half <laughs> <laughs> you know what I should go back and listen to is um, Dale that big episode one hundred where we had Dale, that yeah. big I said for for those who haven't listened to the back catalog um, episode one hundred Dale as a surprise to everyone solicited congratulation messages from friends and pros in the business Chris Somney came out of Dale's basement hole. To uh to give us a message, we had one from Pat Loika. Love that guy. What do you think he's cooking up for episode two hundred? I don't know. I'm thinking nothing, and he just <laughs> panic just set in. Absolute <laughs> abject terror just took over Dale's soul because he has no idea what to do for two hundred. No time to do it in. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he's just going to be salty. That's going to be a surprise for two hundred. He's just going to have a lot of salt, like the old days. <laughs> uh, what did you read this this week, Slim? Uh, stuff I already talked about on other podcasts, so mm. it makes it difficult to uh, not double dip, you know? This podcast is sponsored by the Comicsologist. I read Batman Prey for the first time, what? finally, which I thought was really good. Hey, 
not to interrupt, have we ever done Gotham by Gaslight for this show? Uh, I think you have. Didn't but you? never as a book club? No. We need to put that on the dock, babe. <laughs> That's like 30-some pages, though, or something. Yeah, I think you did it as a roundtable book. I did. F it. Let's do it as a book club episode. Let's do it. You know, one of the night, one of the weeks where we just, you know what, well, maybe we have a half-hour show because of it. I love the idea. <laughs> I know, I've been I fighting for that half-hour I mean, format. I think the listeners love the idea, too. 195 episodes. Get shot down left and right. Huh? They get called a sicko. <laughs> and the people still love you for it, so... <laughs> I moved that leprechaun out of being so self-conscious about last week. No, I, I, I can't. I, I downloaded a, a bunch of stuff. But I read a bunch of stuff, but I deleted it off my iPad to save. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. So oh. that will do you. I read um, New Avengers, Batman and Robin. Mm, Blicks. And oh, I like Batman and Robin. That was a good, good yeah. issue. Um, oh, I, actually, I caught up on... Uh, Iron Fist, the living weapon. Iron Fist, such a good Hi, run. Ron so good. I think we should wrap it up. We got another another thing, thing to, do. to do. I read um, Hint Spider Man Blue about four days ago. So 